sometimes when I preach on a series, I'll do a little bit of a review of what we went over last time because uh, so often we forget, I forget, and I have to even review, help, reviews help me. So on Ash Wednesday, we started this new series called Lent Undone, and it came from me reading a children's book of all things called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, maybe you've heard of it before, uh, but in that particular book, there's a page where it just asks one question, I wonder if there is a school of unlearning. I wonder if there's a school of unlearning. And on Ash Wednesday, we really took time to, to gaze upon Jesus and the cross. And I told you that story about the soldier who went to confession. He told the priest, Jesus died for me, and I, I couldn't care less, right? He kept saying all these sins, and I couldn't care less, I couldn't care less. A total lack of gratitude, right? A total lack of gratitude. And then we just took time to look upon the cross and actually say, Jesus, you died for me knowing that if you were the only person on earth, Jesus would have died just for you and said, Jesus, you died for me. Thank you. And it was really interesting as I was, I was doing that, as, as we were doing that uh, at the evening mass, if you were at the evening mass, I saw a lot of people do this. They couldn't look at Jesus. And I think there's just a feeling of being, feeling unworthy, which is what we're going to be talking about today. How do we know that we are worthy of God's love I just want to share a story with you um, about my first month of priesthood. And, you know, when I, when I came out of seminary, I, I felt like I was fired out of a cannon and I was just ready to go. I was pumped to celebrate sacraments. I was ready to spread the gospel, uh, to, just to walk with people. But one thing, one thing I found myself was I felt like I was walking a bunch of, amongst a bunch of zombies and I was incredibly bored. I, I didn't know what to do with myself most of the time. And on Wednesday nights, I would just go to the church. I would take the Lord out, out of the tabernacle and put him on the altar in the monstrance. And I'd play praise and worship music. And when the praise and worship mu- music was kind of quiet, I would hear this. D6. I was like, what? what? Where's this, where this voice is coming from? Then I'd hear G44. And I was like, what in the world? is?" That? I was like super confused. And as I'm doing this, people are like just walking and looking at me in the church because I'm sitting in the front pew, like wondering, why aren't you in here? But they would go downstairs. A few weeks later, I went downstairs on a Wednesday night and I realized they were playing bingo. I didn't really know what was going on down there, but I just didn't understand. And then and the, next, like the next day after that, I realized it was bingo. Uh, I went in the church and I said a prayer that changed my life. And I was just honest with Jesus. I said, Jesus, I am completely bored. I'm so bored. Would you just please send me someone or send me to some place where I can, I can really help someone? Because I felt worthless. I felt like I didn't have any purpose of being a priest. So I walked in the parish office and immediately as I opened the door, the phone rang and the secretary said, someone wants to talk to you. So I got on the phone and someone wanted to meet with me. He wanted to take me somewhere to go hiking. So he came to the church and about an hour later, we began our drive, but I drove separately because I had a lot of negative thoughts in my head because I didn't know where we were going. And I'm wondering, is this guy a psycho? Is he going to kill me? I have no idea. I said a lot of prayers, St. Michael prayer, a lot of Hail Marys, and we're driving, and we're driving. And it was really only like 10, 15 minutes away from the church, but it felt like I was driving across the country. I don't know if you ever had one of those experiences. And once we got to the, that, that forested area, we, we began to walk, and we talked, and eventually we got to a place where there was a bridge, and the water was calm, and the sun was shining, and he asked me a question that I never expected to be asked as a priest in my first month. He just said, Father... If someone commits suicide, do they go to heaven or do they go to hell? And I, I just, I didn't know what to do. Um, 
So I, I did what I learned in seminary, which was, if you don't know what to do, is ask a question back. I said, I don't know, what, like, what do you think? And, and he said, I, I've just done some things that I don't feel like I'm really worthy of God's love. And I, I think if I, if I died, um, I, I don't think I'd go to heaven. And he didn't say he had suicidal thoughts, but later as we became friends, he would tell me. And, I, and all I could think of was telling him about divine mercy that day. So I, I began to explain to him about what we believe about God's mercy. You know, teaching that nothing we confess in the confessional will ever make God love us less. Truth. And there's not one sin that God can't forgive. And those who have the greatest sin have first right to God's mercy. So those who are in most need, that's who God goes to first. And he told me how he didn't feel worthy of God's mercy and love because he was haunted by such negative and dark thoughts. And I wonder how many of us are haunted by negative and dark thoughts. Maybe on the outside we look like we're doing okay, but inside it's not going so hot. This past week, I don't know if you heard, but the 2019 National Championship team for women's soccer at Stanford, their starting goalie committed suicide. And just a month ago, Miss USA in the year 2019 committed suicide. I began to do research as I, I just kind of looked over these things, and it's believed that one in three people under the age of 25 struggle with suicidal thoughts. And 12 million Americans admit to having suicidal thoughts in the past year. This is a reminder about how many of us are struggling. You know, on Ash Wednesday, we put ashes on our forehead because I told you statistics are rising and suicide rates are rising. And we put ash on our forehead saying, I'm not okay with that. According to the CDC in the year 2020, 1.2 million people attempted suicide. In 2020, we learned that men, because we're more aggressive, and unfortunately because of like guns and that kind of stuff, are four times more likely to commit suicide than women. In our country, there's 130 suicides a day. And the number two cause of death amongst people 34 and under is suicide. I don't know if that like shocks you, but it like breaks my heart. I can't imagine how agonizing it must be for that person, for their friends, their fans, their teammates, for anyone who's been affected by suicide. You know, see someone who had you know become Miss America or won a national championship in soccer, the highest pinnacle, Division One athlete, but realizing it's it's not enough. And then we kind of have like so many questions, but where are the answers for this? Why is this happening? And what does a world that doesn't seem to believe in heaven do? Like, what do you do for somebody who is having a hard time? Do you say, I'm sending you good vibes. I'm sending, I'm sending you happy thoughts. Like, what does that do? And does sending somebody a happy thought or, or, or positive vibes do anything? For those who believe, we are, we are so blessed that we can pray for other people. To send prayers to point others to the way, the truth, and life was Jesus. We also have a mother, the Blessed Mother, who understands our agony, our despair, our hopelessness, as she watched her son be brutally crucified for your sins and my sins for three excruciating hours, which I'm sure felt much longer than that drive I had with that gentleman. 
Yet it was Jesus who told people this would happen. But on the third day, he would rise. And so we find ourselves today in part two of the prodigal son. It said he left everything. He left everything who is God. He left everything. He left love. And the same lies that started in the beginning of time began to creep into his mind, those negative thoughts saying, God is not good, you are not good, and God doesn't want you to be happy. He began to believe that earthly glory would fill him and it would fill that need for heavenly love. So he left God. He took his eyes off of the gaze of God. And I think he began to, to as he began to go into this, it says he, he, he freely spent everything, fear of famine, struck the country he was in, and he found himself in dire need. I think he began to believe in that lie that if I told the father what I'm going through, or even told somebody else, they wouldn't love him. Just listen to the, to the, the prodigal son's self-talk. He freely spent everything, which inside his head, he's thinking, I've blown it. Maybe you've thought that before. I wasted everything. There's no way out of this. Dad is going to be so angry with me. He will never take me back. I hate myself for what I did. And Jesus says, he tells the story of the prodigal son. He says, he says a, a severe famine struck that country and he found himself in dire need. The famine that struck that country was complete absence of the father's love. And due to that absence, we hear that the prodigal son found himself in dire need. And all of us have found ourselves in a place of dire need where things seem hopeless. Where we feel as if there's no way out. But what, is a, what does your self talk like, sound like when you are in dire need? You know, the, the word dire, D-I-E-R, if I'm pronouncing that right, I think I am. Uh, it means extremely urgent or extremely serious, or it's a warning of impending disaster. People in dire need often have very negative self-talk. It's over. Nobody would care if I was not here. I'm beyond repair. I'm damaged goods. God doesn't love me or doesn't find any value in me. It often seems that most people are too broken to even see and accept the truth that a lot of people, and maybe it's even you, who are in dire need right now. You just heard the truth. You heard the statistics about how in dire need this generation is. To do nothing and act indifferent is not an option anymore. Turning a blind eye to someone's suffering is now off the table. I just want to offer you an invitation to start walking with God who finds you worthy because the Father sent his Son to die just for you. So what is your worth? Your worth is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, the God of the universe. Or even to begin again walking with God. I just really want to encourage you to accept the truth that, you know, if you were the only person on earth, the Father would have sent his Son just for you. It's that individual. It's that unique. Because he finds you worth it. He finds you worthy. 
And I just want to say, if I have done anything as a priest to make you believe or feel that you're unworthy, I just want to apologize and say I'm sorry and I ask for your forgiveness. Because it breaks my heart to see this current generation to suffer, to believe in a lie that I'm not worthy. And it's through the sacrifice of Jesus that you are made worthy. So the Lord loves you, not for what you have done or haven't done, but for who you are in the eyes of Jesus, right? Even if you struggle with suicidal thoughts and you believe there's no way out, you are still worthy. Yet it is Jesus who says, no one comes to the Father except through me, for I am the way, the truth, and the life. And as we close today, I just want to give you a blessing. A blessing to hopefully help you feel in a new way soon, hopefully today, that first of all, you're worthy. But also, so is everyone else. And to turn a blind eye to someone who is suffering and call yourself a Christian, I mean, you just got to beat your heart and you got to tell the Lord you're sorry for any indifference. Because that means right now, roughly, like almost every other person is struggling with some, something. Externally, they might try to medicate it with drinking alcohol or smoking weed, right? Or doing drugs or whatever people do. But statistically, the truth is no one is okay right now. And people are deeply struggling with feeling unworthy. And it's our job to continually have healthy self-talk, positive self-talk of knowing that if I was the only person, Jesus would have died just for me. And every second of every day, if you listen and you have silence, you'll hear God speak to you. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's what his heart beats like. So if you or someone you know or someone who has passed and you know that they passed committed suicide, I just want to encourage you just to put your hands out and receive this blessing. Because people who are feeling unworthy uh, or feeling they don't belong here, um, that's got to break our hearts. We are made worthy in the blood of Jesus. So we could please just pray the words, come Holy Spirit, three times as I begin to give you a blessing. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Jesus, I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit upon every single person here right now and all those they know who may suffer with suicidal thoughts or anyone who has committed suicide in their life. And Jesus, I just ask you to begin walking with them first of all, help them know that they were the only person on earth you would have died just for them because you love them and you find them worthy. And Jesus, I just ask through the authority of my priesthood and the authority of the church and in your most holy name, through your mother's most immaculate heart, and through your most precious blood, I just ask that you remove all negative and suicidal thoughts from their minds, bodies, and souls. Please heal them of those memories. And please help anybody here who is in dire need to not be afraid to ask for help. To not be afraid to say, I'm struggling. And please help our community, Lord Jesus, everybody here, to walk in the truth of the love of your cross. 
Please help us know, Lord Jesus, that you are the way, you are the truth, and you are the life. You are the way out of every hopeless situation we may find ourselves in. And please fill us, Lord Jesus, with your Holy Spirit. Please fill us with a spirit of life, and please remove, Lord Jesus, all spirits of death, condemnation, self-hatred. And Lord Jesus, please help us see as you see. And please remove all spirits of indifference, all thoughts of indifference to those, those who suffer. And ultimately, Lord Jesus, please help us know that we are loved and we are lovable. Only your love will help us out of every dire situation we find ourselves in. And may Almighty God bless you and your loved ones in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.